to gamers that believe the Atari 2600 joystick is still the best controller to date. Welcome to Old and Spoiled, the Phil and Roger Video Game Award! Now here are your hosts, Phil and Roger! First episode of the Phil and Roger Show. We're going to take a look back at all sorts of retro and older video games in our backlogs, discuss them as we play them for hopefully your listening enjoyment. Let me introduce Roger. Hello, hello, hello. And we also do have a special guest host slash speaker, Carrington, in the house as well. Hey, hey, hey. There it is. Yeah, I couldn't do the hey, hey, hey. I had to do the hello, hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much one of the same, right? Pretty much. (laughs) So, Roger, we decided to dive headfirst into our backlog, which between the two of us consists of approximately 6,000 games. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, it's crazy how many games we have. It's Um, these sales that they run all the time, and the free games that they just hand out to us. I know. Everybody's supposed to keep up with this stuff. I know. I know, and uh, so yeah, so our first game that we picked actually was something that I was looking forward to play for a while, and that is What Remains of Edith Finch. I'm right there with you. I've heard nothing but great things about this game, and when we decided to settle on it, I've got to admit I was pretty excited to spend my afternoon playing it. Yeah, it didn't take long to play through it either, so that was that was crazy. That's even more beneficial, no doubt. Especially yeah. when you're in the middle of a Red Dead run that's I don't know, so many hours long. <laughs> That's true. I think it took me like two and a half hours to beat this game. Although I did, I will admit, I did leave some uh, some of the trophies behind. I didn't realize it until uh, until I read afterwards, like some of the trophies I missed. I uh, went on there and I was like, "Oh crap! I missed that trophy. And I missed that trophy." I might have to go back and get them because the trophies are not hard to get in this game. That's for sure. No, not at all. I glanced at it when I was done as well. After the first one popped, because I did the entire walk through both ways into the woods, just because I was exploring. And I got 100 points for that because I played it on the Xbox, so I got the achievement points. Oh, okay. And I was just like, oh, you're giving me 100 for that? This isn't going to be tough at all. And then <laughs> it all wrapped up, and I kind of went back and looked, and I was just like, okay, this is all easily attainable. So I'll probably go through and get another run just to nab the rest of them too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting game. And um, if you haven't played it, well, then you probably want to stop listening to this podcast right now because we are going to spoil the game. <laughs> <laughs> There's almost no way to talk about this game without spoiling it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's just jump right into it then. Um, yeah, so we can jump in. Well, I guess let's just give a premise of behind the game, right? Like what, what, it, how it starts off and what our thoughts were when it first starts off. So uh, it begins with uh, somebody sitting at a, a bench, I guess, right, and, and opening up a journal. Uh, and the story begins talking about uh, the Finch family. Yeah, and we don't know anything about the Finch family coming into it except that we're walking into this really bizarre-looking house that's tucked away in the middle of an island, from what I could gather. Yeah, and I think that's really... What I really liked about that beginning part um, was the fact that in the beginning they said... Well, Edith. I mean, you do find out that's Edith that's writing this journal. Mm-hmm. 
but Edith pretty much says, you know, I'm sorry that this is not going to make much sense to you in the beginning. And, you know, she's telling it to whoever she's writing this journal for, but she's also telling it to the player as well, because really in the beginning, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> no, not at all. And then you get inside of the house uh, via the dog door. I don't know yeah. if, if you could go in the front door or not, but I crept into the dog door and all of a sudden I'm just like, what am I getting into here? I know. And it was really creepy. I was creeped out when I was first walking into that house. Yeah. And then there's just books and clutter everywhere. Yes. It was so weird. It just doesn't really ever stop. And, and kind of the cool thing about it, too, is that the music very much fit the mood of, as to what you were walking into. Yeah, yeah. The music was really powerful in this game, too. I like It felt like every area and every section had just a different type of music and a different feel for it. It was just it was really well done. It, it came across almost like playing ten different minigames over the course of one game to tell a story. Yeah, that's that's a really good analogy, I think. Because it did feel like that. Because, like, and we'll get into this, but some of the, the stories you're learning about the, the history of the Finches, like, each one played a little bit differently, and, and you... It was so different. Like, each one was so different in what happened and, and how you played through it. So it was, it was it was interesting. I'm just glad one of them died of old age. <laughs> I know, me too. It kind of... I'm very thankful my last name isn't Finch after playing through this. Yeah. Way. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you get the sense that Edith is called back to the home after her mother dies. And now she's trying to understand. Her mother sent her a key, right? Didn't she get a yep. key sent to her? Yeah. Yeah, a key basically saying, go look at the house or something along those lines and check it out. Yeah. And I did try opening the front door with that key, and that, of course, didn't work. So, Oh, see, I didn't. I was curious, and I was actually kind of mad at myself because I didn't try the front door. I went in the dog door originally because I was exploring the house, and I was like, oh, cool, side door. And I popped in there, and I was like, oh, dang it, I hope there wasn't anything attached to that front door. Yeah, no, there wasn't. But there was one thing that when you walked past the front door that I wonder if you didn't see then because when you walk past the front door, there is uh, like a uh, a dragon head in the beginning. and. Yep. Oh, okay. Did you did you get the little clip then that she says about that? Um, I don't remember if she necessarily said anything about it, but I went down kind of towards that pond where the dragon head was. Okay. Because I still peeled off in that direction before heading up the driveway. Okay. Okay. So then you probably did see it, but she uh, she makes a mention how uh, her grandmother Edie always used to say that uh, Sven was killed by a dragon. And yep. you know, and you find out later what that really means, but you're like, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> which really made me like Edie actually, like kind yeah. of a little bit of foreshadowing. But when you go into Edie's actual room and you start seeing all the stories that she spun and she wove and the things that she held on to, like this Edie was a pretty fantastic human being, just yeah. running with the creativity of everything that was happening around her. Well, and I think, and I mean, I think we'll get into this a little bit later too. But I, I do think like she was. She was the one that kind of made, I mean, because, okay, the, the whole premise is that, right, the Finches are, are cursed, right? And there's mm -hmm. bad things that happen to them. But she almost makes light of it, like, um, you know, it's almost like, I don't know, like it's expected and let's make it into a mythology almost, right? And I think that's, you know, that's an interesting perspective and I think that that's where uh, Edith's mother 
gets really freaked out about it, right? So. Yep. Because nobody uh, would ever tell the stories about what actually happened to the Finns. Right. Exactly. And and I think and I mean we'll go through this, but I think that there are some some Finches and most of them actually try to run away from the fact that they're cursed, which you know whether or not they're really cursed, who knows, but uh, they try to hide from it versus uh, facing it straight on. And I think Edie faces it straight on uh, and, and is not afraid to take on death. No, not at all. And almost kind of made light of the entire situation and weirdly enough is the one that lived the longest. Yeah, right. Exactly. There might be a little bit of irony that's in the play there too, where she's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it's kind of went with it. Yeah. Except for that damn old man under the house. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Carrington, what did, what were your first impressions of the of the game? So my, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my first impressions of the game was uh, when you first open up or start the game, rather. Um, I knew that I was in for something emotional uh, when you start experiencing that first story, which was Molly, and I think. Molly's story is actually very intriguing. She's not my favorite one, but I do like it a lot because uh, it really draws you in and, and pulls you in as a player. Uh, personally, my, my favorite one is, I believe it's Barbara. That's the one that's like kind of like a comic book. Yeah, yeah that was Barbara. my favorite story. Yeah, That was my favorite too. Absolutely favorite one. Like I don't even care um, if, it, if those out there listening don't agree with me. To me, that was so well done and so well written that it kept me... It's what kept me playing that, and just the writing overall. Yeah, and and I mean we'll get into that a little bit more too. But um, when you, f- well, I guess I'll just kind of mention this right now. But you know what was interesting about that was when you come across that comic book. It was Edith that said it's interesting that Edie decided to keep this as as the memory of of her death. There was a lot of people that wrote about how she died, but this is what Edie kept. And that, I think, again, ties into how Edie viewed death <laughs> through this whole thing, right? It's like <laughs> almost like a like comical in a way uh, or mythology behind it. And yeah, so so we'll get into that when we talk about Barbara's death. But I guess let's, let's jump into the first, first uh, character you meet. So you're digging through this house. And I mean, it is kind of open world, right? But there's there's certain ways you have to do it because you can't just jump into somebody's room like each room is kind of locked so the mother Edith, Edie's mom like hides or not hides but locks off the the house right and uh blocks all the rooms up so now you're going through and you're unlocking the rooms and you find out why she locked up the rooms later on but um the first room that you unlocked is is Molly's room and you that's after going the through the shark room though because you have to go through that underground oh, yeah. shark room that's right. Which, Roger, you were actually the first person I thought of the second that I entered that room going, Roger would never ever run like this. Roger's scared <laughs> of the depths. <laughs> That's true. I, would, I wouldn't. I would That is totally true. Uh, and then she mentions how, how that was the room that she played the most in, right? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was Sven's room, right? Wasn't that Sven's room? I think it was Sven, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, why would you have a room like this? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was creepier than hell, but uh, but she she thought it was a magical room. So Molly is the daughter of Edie and Sven, um, uh, who who basically were the first inhabitants of the house, right? I mean, yep. okay. 
So Molly lived from 1937 to 1947, so she died at the age of 10 years old. And her story is told through her journal. And uh, and she was sent to her room in, in, this, in this general entry, sent to her room with no food, because she must have done something bad. Who knows what? Didn't want, but, to finish, didn't want to clear her plate. There's kids starving in Africa. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then she 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 decides. Well, she's super hungry, so then she she eats some of her gerbil food. Which, by the way, uh, there was gerbil poop all over that food. If you didn't notice, that. I caught that too. Okay, <laughs> I was like, gross. That is so gross. <laughs> but she eats some gerbil food, and then she eats holly. Uh, I mean, um. Yeah, holly berries, right? Yep, some of the holly berries. Yeah. I actually didn't eat those because I was afraid I was going to poison her and kill her. Oh. Wait, you didn't eat those? No, I didn't. I went oh. for the toothpaste instead. So, like, I had super fresh breath, but I was still really hungry. So, you got to choose? I mean, I guess I didn't realize that. Could you choose what to eat and what not to eat? Well, I walked up to it, and I saw that the option was there to grab them or whatever, and I was just like, uh, I don't remember if these berries are poisonous or not, so oh. I'm not going to eat them because I don't want Molly to die because of me eating holly berries because <laughs> she's super hungry. Oh, that's super oh, – I didn't realize that you could choose what not to eat those because I ate the berries. I ate the toothpaste. I ate the berries. I ate the <laughs> – I ate the, uh, the, uh, the, the biscuits. Food. Yeah, thought exactly. About the, thought about eating the fish. <laughs> no, I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah, you could go up to the fish, and she's like, I thought about eating I want to say the fish's name was Charlie. Oh. Like, I thought about eating Charlie, but it didn't seem like that was the right thing to do. Oh, I missed that. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool that, like, each of our experiences is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming then that you still got the scene where she then turns into a cat. Oh, yeah. And then she goes chasing after the bird, and then she turns into an owl, and then she hunts for the rabbits. And then she turns into a shark. And then, stuck in some trees when I was a shark. Yeah, it actually too. kind of irritated me. Like I was sideways in between these two trees, and I'm just like, really, I'm going to be here forever. I did too. I was like, what am I supposed to do now? And I like, I just had to hop through that to get past those trees. I eventually caught on that one trigger controlled the head and one controlled the tail, so I could oh. kind of shimmy my way sideways to get back okay. up the hill. Okay. Uh, and then and then you eat uh, a seal, and then you turn into a sea monster, right? Is that when you turn yep. into a sea monster? Okay. And then you're eating people. Mm-hmm. And, and then Which you come... has also gotten the What Would You Do With The Drunken Sailor song stuck in my head for the last <laughs> day now. <laughs> you know, that was an achievement on the PlayStation 4, that if you would to uh, let him sing out the whole song, then you get a trophy for that, and I didn't yeah, realize that. Just, I didn't know that either, because I would have, but I was already singing along song and i was like i gotta eat this guy before i'm singing this for the next year <laughs> uh and then and then you head back home uh and then the idea is that uh you're back as yourself and she's telling this all she's saying i turned into an owl i turned into a you know a shark and turned into this monster and now this monster is under my bed and it's just waiting for to eat me um so it's interesting that you didn't eat the berries because my first thought was because she ate the berries, she's hallucinating, and this is all a hallucination. Oh, maybe it was all the fluoride in the toothpaste. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, because that's that was my first thought that she's hallucinating and she's having a fever and she does, you know, she's dying as she's right. thinking about all this stuff. Yeah, what were your thoughts when you when you got to that part then? I was kind of curious how it is that she, because they never really went into detail as to how she actually died, except that she went to bed and that there was a monster under there. So 
I just assumed some random natural cause. But at that point, I, I was kind of just like, what am I getting myself into? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, me too. And and really, that was kind of the, the weirdest death, I think, out of all of them, right? Yeah. Like, I think the rest of them were... We're not as strange, but her her death was well. There is one other one. I think Milton. So we'll get into that. But I think his death was kind of weird. But, um, but her death was was really sad because I mean, you know, as a ten year old that's sent off to her bed without supper, and then, you know, she died. Some people, some people, I, I've read online after I played the game that some people thought that maybe she fell out the window too. I had that thought as well. But I think I think then she couldn't write the journal. So that didn't make much sense to me. No, you're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting death. Uh, Carrington, what was your what were your thoughts on it? Carrington's sleeping. Oh, no, okay. I, I'm still here. I'm just trying to think of something that hasn't already been said. You know. Um, <laughs> um I pretty much agree with both you guys. Uh, cause. Um, the only thing uh, I would probably try to add to the conversation is. Um, I'm going to plug our show just for a second, but it does. I, it serves a purpose, I promise. Uh, we did interview Ian Dallas uh, this past year, which was fantastic. But Kyle brought out how he felt like the house was also a character in itself, telling a story in its yeah. own. And um, Ian Dallas said that was the, the purpose of the house itself also. That it, and it itself was also a character. It was part of the family. And it, you could tell like the house... Right off the bat, when you start the game, and you actually actually when you're going through the house and everything, how um, you can see how additions were made to the house, and it was just it's part of the family and the story itself. Hmm. So when it comes to because yeah, uh, when you see Molly's uh, when you get to Molly's um, room, you see how much uh, has changed just from the outside and and going in. And, and I think that that says a lot about the house itself and the story and the mood that it's setting. Hmm. That's the only thing I could actually add. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, yeah. I mean, the character, the house really does yeah, have its own persona. So that's interesting. And you can see that it's just morphed over time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool and creepy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. When when I was playing this game, I'll just I'll just relate this to like a real life experience. It reminded me of I stayed in this castle in Ireland, <laughs> and and they did add on rooms to that castle, like on and on, and and it became like weirder and stranger. Some of these rooms that they added on because one they didn't have space, and two they just didn't have the same materials as the rest of the castle. It kind of reminded me of that in a way because it's like. Oh, this is kind of eerie, eerie. And there's a lot of weird stuff that happened to me in that castle too. So I'm not going to get into that, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that castle was haunted. So, uh, so when I was playing this game, I was kind of freaking out a little bit because I was just like, "Oh God, is this house going to be haunted?" But it is haunted with the memories of their deaths, but not 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 with real ghosts. So, well, and the house itself kind of reminded me of the Winchester house. If you guys have any yes, of the Winchester yes, houses. yes, like, I was thinking the same thing of, too. The woman that just kept building and building and building and building and building with staircases to nowhere and nothingness and yes. yeah, like same kind of general vibe. Yeah, and she's she's like a descendant of the 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 gun makers, right? Wasn't that wasn't that? Yep. Where she got the money? Yeah, okay. So she I was. I thought you were going to tell me your actual last name was Finch for a second, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really a Finch, isn't she? <laughs> so, so the next, the next death that we run into, then. So she leaves that room, and then she, um, 
Oh, so throughout the whole game, she's she's drawing out, which is weird to me. She's like drawing pictures on on this family tree, like they wouldn't had this before, but apparently they didn't. So she's but throwing no, it. They out. want to talk about the story, yeah. which is why like she was kind of piecing it all together. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. But then you go into Odin's death, and Odin's death is probably the least explained or the least uh, like elaborated because you. you, you you view it through a Viewmaster, right? Yeah, which I popped huge for because I haven't seen a Viewmaster in 20 years. And, like, the way that everything kind of lined up and there was that, like, half-second pause before it came into focus, I was just like, I'm having flashbacks of sitting in my grandparents' house right now <laughs> yes. and, like, playing with the old Care Bear Viewmaster, like, <laughs> reels and all the other just random ones that they had. A lot of Muppets ones, too. Yes. Neither here nor there. Yes. Carrington, do you know what you do? Do you even know what uh, Viewmaster is, Carrington? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> As he's quickly typing though, Viewmaster into Google. Right, right, right. <laughs> I will say, I noticed the hesitation in your voice, Phil. So I, I know you, and I know why you hesitated. <laughs> <laughs> I avoided the Mario coin, man. Um. So you learn about Odin, and it's um that he tried to escape Europe from the Finch's curse. So this whole idea that, you know, the Finches die a untimely death and that death kind of follows them has been a thing since God knows when, but he tries to escape it and like builds a house. That no, gets... he brought the house with him. Oh, he brought the house with him. That's right. That's what, which is strange. It's so weird, right? <laughs> Enjoy video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I thought I thought at first maybe it was just a metaphor, but nope, nope. There's the house in the middle of the ocean, like way up there, house in the bay. <laughs> and he dies. He dies right in the house. Right, he drowns, yeah. and somehow his his uh, daughter Edith, or Edie, and her husband Sven, and and then their daughter uh, Molly survive, um, which we just learned about Molly's death, but. So, yeah, that was kind of a strange, it was just kind of a quick, like, oh, yep, he died. And he tried to escape death, too, but he couldn't. Um, there wasn't much about behind that, or beyond that, I don't think. No, not beyond his story, but that all happened inside of Edie's room, which is kind of where we learn, like, of her love of kind of the folklore and fiction behind yeah. everything, where you see that there's the mole men that live under the house, and the the dragon that fell on uh <laughs> or killed by a dragon yes we learned about that there too and that's like, you right just kind of understand that she just kind of embraced the entire like whatever our family does in weird ways and and the thing is like the not even like the descendants on the tree right but it's also if you married somebody if you married a finch you are going to die an untimely yeah, you're dead too <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that's where we learn about Sven's death with the with the dragon, and and it's funny because you know Edith even says she doesn't mention it's a slide that was he was making, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was a dragon that killed him. It was a dragon that killed him. Uh, but yeah, you start you're right. That's where you start get, getting the sense of Edie uh, Edie's like I don't know, just like a, a almost like affection for for these stories about how these people died. And almost like a twisted embrace as to of how it is too yes yes uh but Which yeah there <laughs> yeah they're they're from who's next then is that um that's that when you go into calvin and sam's room okay calvin and sam's room yeah that's ugh, that one was a really hard one for me yeah 
Uh, so did I hear this right? That Sam lived? No. It, yeah. Did did Calvin and Sam was did Sam live in the room when Calvin was dead for a while in that room? I think so. That's kind of the way that it came across to me, at least. And yeah. like she just kind of broked off uh, Calvin's side of the room. Yeah. And Sam just continued to live there. Yeah. Um. But then you you go you're able to get through Sam's room. So they're twins, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then you you climb up into this room that that Sam pr- pretty much created a, like a, a shrine to to his brother. And, and actually, there's a lot of shrines to people in this in this game, which kind of surprised me. Um, I don't even know if it was necessarily shrines or the fact that they just maintained the room the way that it was when they died. Yeah, maybe. Because it was kind of like, especially with Calvin and Sam, because you could see that Calvin was into kind of the army and hunting and that yes. kind of thing. And Sam was more so into space and wanted to be a, a, an astronaut. Yeah. And so, like, the one side, uh, Sam's side, had, like, the big control center that you went up on to then play through Calvin's side of the story, who then tells... Uh, about Sam's life. No, it, it's it's the other way around, right? Isn't the Calvin was the one that that dies on the swing, right? Oh, I thought yeah, Calvin was the one that died. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so so yeah, so Calvin, uh, story. This is so it's right after Bar- Barbara's death, and you don't know about Barbara's death yet, right? But they both they both swore to themselves that, um, that they're not going to be afraid of of death, uh, after Barbara's funeral. Afraid of anything, really, and then so, so it's the story of Sam's re- retelling of as a kid retelling of, of what Calvin happened. Story. Yeah. yeah, Calvin's story. And I tried. So you're on a swing, and uh, which was cool. I was playing on a PlayStation Four, and if you used both control sticks, that's where you would control your legs. I don't know how that was on the on the Xbox, but same same thing. I didn't like at first. I was just using the right control stick. Yeah, me too. My casted foot was going out, and then <laughs> yeah, I nudged like the right foot, and I was just or the right stick, and I was just like, oh, there's both feet. Now they can really get going. And then it was like, oh shit, this is how I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know how you said that how you didn't eat the the um. The berries, the the poison berries. Yeah, I tried not swinging at this point, so I tried stopping him <laughs> yeah. and just see what would happen. Uh, and unfortunately, you just sit there and it doesn't do anything, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I have to die. Uh, so yeah, you keep swinging, and and as as he's swinging, you know, the mom's yelling, you know, um, come in for dinner. It's time for mm-hmm. dinner, and um, and and Sam's talking about how, you know. He said that he he. There's no way you can make it around around the the. Uh, you told him the, for years branch. that you can't go all the way around. Yeah, and then the wind picks up and he does. <laughs> and it gets out of control and then he gets tossed off his uh, swing and into the the rocks and dies. Um, you make it sound so nonchalant. Yeah, I know. He and then just he falls really high, fell off, and he yeah. lands on some rocks and he's dead. Whatever, <laughs> poor kid. But you know the the thing the thing that that struck me is one that he had a cast on. So right away I'm thinking this kid takes on things that he shouldn't be, right? Like he he's kind of a daredevil and shouldn't be doing the things that he does. Well, if uh, I remember correctly, too, Sam even said like he wasn't scared of anything. Yeah, that's true. And then Edith's response to after she reads this note, she's like, I "Can't really say I haven't tried that myself." And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and uh 
yeah, I mean, it, it was just heartbreaking because again, Sam or Kelvin was really young too. He was he was like thirteen, 11. something like that. Eleven. Was eleven. Eleven. Yeah, he was eleven. So he was born in 1950, died in 1961. So yeah, he was pretty young too. Um, and then the, so so the next person you learn is that Barbara's next death. Barbara's or, next, yep. Okay. So after that, then you move on and you learn about Barbara's death. So now Barbara's death, um, part of this is that you learn about, is this where you learn about the music box too, or, or is that later on? Uh, yeah, this is where you learn about it. It's in that comic that you learn about the music box. That's right. That's right. So you go into Barbara's room. So Barbara, Barbara was a really interesting character. She was a, a child movie star, and, um, and she – at the age of two, she or was it two? Or I guess she was only a movie star for two years, right? Yep, that's what it was. I think it was like six or ten or something like that she, that she got a break with. I met Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was famous for her kids scream, right? Yep. And that, uh, that they were having a Comic-Con or Beast-Con or whatever it was called. The- <laughs> Beast-Con <laughs> she- sounds so much more dirty than a Comic-Con. I know, it, it does, does right? <laughs> And then she was asked to come back and give her scream, and she just couldn't do the same scream. And her boyfriend was trying to get her to scream. Uh, and this is all told through a comic book. And it's a, you know, and and this is the part that I I kind of mentioned before, but the part that I I found really interesting because Edith says, like, I find it really fascinating that there was a lot of theories and a lot of people wrote all these different theories about how Barbara died because it's not really clear how Barbara died. But the one piece that that Edith that Edie keeps is this comic book, and it's kind of like a Tales of the Crypt comic book, which it, and they even use like a Crypt Keeper style voice <laughs> to narrate the comic. Which yes. I I wasn't as excited for that as it was for the Halloween theme playing almost the entire <laughs> the comic yes, book. Like, yes. I was super stoked for the Halloween theme playing the whole. Time. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious! Yeah. Um. But so so yeah so as as the comic book goes on it's like building up and building up and and at one point like her her boyfriend is uh plays a trick on her right to get her to scream yeah uh and then uh there's a well the story is that she was supposed to go to this comic con type thing and then um her brother Walter got sick is that right it was. Somebody got sick and they couldn't get a sitter or something, so she ended up having to stay home and keep an eye on him. Yeah. Which then led into the entire her having to go to the basement and upstairs and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then she she goes and she um, there's a story like as 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 she's watching, there's this like this radio going on in the comic book about how there's like some guy with a hook that's going around and and killing people or something i'm not really and the hoodlums and halloween masks yes terrorizing the island <laughs> yes that's right uh and then she finds somebody in there uh she hears a scream walter screams from upstairs and she runs upstairs and uh and it's uh walter and he's hiding but she's but there's a guy with a hook there and she like takes him on and she knocks him off the banister. He falls down. And then when you go downstairs, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. He's not there anymore. <laughs> Shocking, right? Classic horror movie. Yeah, exactly. And then she she goes, she hears a knocking on the door or something like that. And she opens the door and it's all these, or something happens. And just, anyway, like all these people are saying they're surprised and they're all dressed up in their, you know, horror costumes. Gear. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And then they turn into monsters, and then that's her final death scene, right? That she she dies, and and it really doesn't explain like nobody that does not explain how she really dies. Uh, I think what, you kind of leave that one to your imagination that it was maybe the hoodlums that were out on the prowl. Yeah, that broke into the house and took care of her, and uh, other kids survived just due to the fact that he was in hiding underneath the bed. Right, right. My my thought was that uh, she. she she died of a heart attack being so scared uh, that these people really were going to put on this like surprise party for her. And then she died of, and of down she went. Yeah. No, she went. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It was a weird, it was so, I loved the comic book though. That was such a cool like change of, of, of it. I thought that was so cool. And it played so much different than everything else. In, well, actually, every segment plays so much different than everything else in the game did. But just the the style of it completely changed. Yeah. And the tone in it was that yeah that part was great. It was that's it was cool. I loved it, and it was part of one of my favorite uh, stories to go through and experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so then the next death that we encounter is, or learn about, I should say. It. Nobody can know about Walter dying. <laughs> Maybe he was the one that lived. That's true, right? No, Maybe. but it's like his his death was probably the saddest because he lived really a long time. He lived 30 years. In a fallout shelter. In a fallout shelter. Like, how sad. And um, was only killed because the train was late. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it was it's like, so after 30 years, he was like, you know what? I'm done, like, hiding from the monster. And the monster was death, in my my opinion, right? It's like, that's yeah. what he was running from. He was, oh, he was hiding was from death. He locked himself up where he could be safe and live off his generator and eat his canned peaches every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, but wasn't that interesting, too? Like, because they had that, that calendar. And it showed you what year, and then the music playing was really uh, reflective of what year it was. So it started like with old time rock and roll, and then it got yep. into like disco, and then it got into because he died in two thousand five. So it got into like Pearl Jam kind of music, right? Like the mm-hmm. grunge type music. Um, well, I guess two thousand five wasn't really Pearl Jam, but you, you know what I mean. It was like more. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Wow>. was that. <laughs> Well, you know, I guess like alternative rock, I guess, I guess yeah. I'll just call it. So, and then he's like, I'm done hiding. I'm going to go and take care of this. And then he gets hit by train. So what was well, interesting the about didn't come that day? That's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's why he went outside. It's because the monster didn't come. Like the 12 o'clock right. alarm went off and the entire fallout shelter didn't start rumbling. And he was just like, hey, whatever, I'm going for a walk. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's what he thought the rumbling was, huh? He thought that it was the monster, but it was really the train going by, right? Yeah. Or the mole, yeah. the mole man living underneath the house. You never know. Yeah, right, right. And uh, and the weird thing about that, about his death, was that his or Edith's mom, or Edith's Edith's mom, sorry, not Edith, Edith's mom, never wanted Edith to go downstairs. Yep. And she, so so Walter died when she was six. Mm-hmm. So she never even, <laughs> she didn't know that this guy lived in the basement for. You know, like, until she was six years old. Like, that's just so crazy. She didn't even know about her uncle. But in all fairness, he wasn't in the basement. He was under the basement in the bomb shelter. True. Like, True. there was a secret trap door that she had to get to to go down into all the canned goods. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. 
that's such a weird story and like so so weird that somebody was like like Edie must have known that he was living down there right I mean <laughs> you'd have to assume so it actually kind of reminded me of the TV show Lost because the people that were inside of whatever that vault thing was in Lost oh. if I remember correctly like they kind of had a timer go off every day at the same time to do the same thing to do a ritual to keep themselves in line and uh, it just really kind of had that same exact feel to me yeah uh, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of of to the um I don't know if you ever seen the the movie The Village. Oh yeah. Um, I I mean this is probably one of my least favorite. Uh, well, outside of uh The Sixth Sense, I, I don't think any of the M Night Shyamalan movies were. <laughs> not a big fan of, but like it was <laughs> very predictable. Podcast, Roger, different podcast. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Exactly. But it you know, but but it was almost the, the same sense of like you know, there's a monster out there, and we if we just lock ourselves away, we won't. <laughs> Everything will be fine. It'll be, be fine. Um. So yeah, so he he dies. <laughs> Due to a late train. <laughs> and then is this uh, the next one? Do you learn about Sam's death next? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. It is Sam. So Sam is uh, Edith's uh, mother's father, correct? Yep. And um, and he uh, <laughs> he dies a horrible way. Like it was a really sweet moment between him and his daughter. I felt right. So. I'm a terrible person for saying this, but I laughed really damn loud. When <laughs> really? I, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> when that happened. And, you know, the, the worst part is, like, it could have been avoided because even even uh, Edith's mom, Dawn, was like, Dad, the, the deer is still twitching. He's like, no, it's fine. It's like normally. It's fine. We got it's fine. this. <laughs> this is normal. It's <laughs> off the top of the cliff, and you're like, and... <laughs> I know I'm a horrible person for laughing now, but like the camera See? takes a picture, and like I know, yeah, as he's being like, kicked, and he's being kicked off, and he gets killed, and um, and 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 I forget. Don't is this the one that that Edith doesn't even know how her grandfather died, or or is this um, or is that I how... remember her saying something along the lines of Sam had always been wanting to die. You could tell because of the way that he lived his life, like always mm. out there shooting at everything. Yeah, and he he joined the military too, right? He was so in like the military he was, as well, yep. Yeah, so so he died in eighty three. So he actually lived somewhat of a long life, I guess. No, Longer actually, not. Well, nineteen fifty to nineteen eighty three. So what is that? Like thirty three years? It's a good know. run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the Finches, that's a good run. That is. That's that is twice as old as most people live to be in the Finches. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then is the next death you learn about is that Gus's or is or is that Gregory's? Gregory. Well, it depends on which one you went to first. Okay. Okay. Because they were all in the same room together, as well as um, Don's empty bread frame was in there as well. Yeah. Who is Edith's mom? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go with Gregory's next because Gregory's actually, to me, was the saddest story. Yeah. Uh, and that one. Uh, ugh. Like you learn through a divorce paper, uh, that uh Sam and uh and Kay had. Although you don't learn about Kay's death, do you? I'm sorry, we go back to no, that a little don't. bit. And she married a Finch, and you don't hear about. She might be the only one that you don't hear about her death. Actually, that's kind of interesting. Um, am I right, Carrington? You don't. We don't hear about her death. You you don't remember that at all, right? No, I don't recall. I you just know that 
that's Edith's mom, and she's dead. That's all you know. No, K K is. I'm sorry, uh, not K. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got my people mixed up. No, you don't learn about her death, though. No, you don't. I think the only thing that you that is death, and maybe, maybe because she got a divorce, maybe that's why she didn't die a horrible death. Death spare her. Like yeah. Final destination. Right. I don't know. I mean, but maybe maybe just the marriage is the death in itself. Um, but uh, Gregory, um, he dies. Uh, he's playing in a bathtub, and his his story was the weirdest. Like you take this frog. And you're like going around and collecting all the different like toys, bath toys, and like the letters and everything. And then uh, Kay is on the phone talking to Sam uh, in a fight because obviously they're going through a, a divorce. And uh, and he even says in that that letter saying, you know, if it wasn't maybe if I didn't call you that day, um, this wouldn't have happened. But it wasn't your fault. And that Gregory always seemed really happy. He was he was always such a happy boy. He saw the world differently than than anybody else did. And uh, he accidentally turns on the water after she pulls the. He's in the bath and she pulls the plug, and then she gets a call again. And she goes and answers the phone and argues with Sam. And he somehow plugs the water up and turns on the water again and, and drowns. And then you turn into a frog and you're swimming around. <laughs> That's pretty much a summary of it, but. Uh... Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that was, was kind of sad. It was kind of fun though because at the same time it added like when the music all kicked in when he was getting all the toys inside of the tub and they were all dancing around each other and stuff like it gave such a happy atmosphere to a tragic infant death yeah yeah like, they did their best to make it as happy as they could yeah so he he was one so he was uh, born in 76 and died in 77 hmm. um and then the the next person then was uh, his brother Gus. His brother Gus, and uh, his death is told through him play, uh, flying a kite. So his his father's getting remarried. Uh, we don't ever know about who this person is that he gets remarried to, right? I don't think they ever said. No, I don't think so. But we know that Gus was not a fan of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's not happy, and he's sulking. And he's flying a kite in a in a in a bad storm cap happens and uh and obviously it's not because he's flying a kite, but uh he dies, the storm debris hits him and kills him, and uh everybody else is safe except for him. Which they were all part of the tent and even uh he admitted that like or she admitted that they had forgotten about him outside playing with the kite the entire time of the storm because they were having such a good time and caught up in it that yeah. they had completely forgotten that Gus was even outside playing with his yeah. kite and causing chaos. Yeah. Yeah, that was... He was also young, too. I think he was 69 to 82. So, I don't know. 12, 13? 13, yeah. is that right? So... The thing yeah. that I didn't understand about that entire room was why were there lockers inside of their room? Yeah. And the motivational army posters hanging over each of the lockers. Well, I, I'm guessing maybe that was her father, uh, Sam's influence, maybe? Yeah. I'm guessing. Um, because of his military background. But I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why are there lockers in these rooms? But I, yeah. I do think that. And it was probably just to rally the troops, for lack of a better term. Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure. 
Uh, and then and then and then you climb up a wall, uh, and you learn about uh, you, you just learn about Dawn and and her. So that's Edie's mom or Edith's mom and Sanjay, who is her husband, and he dies. Right, he dies, but she, you don't hear much about his. You death don't either. really. Yeah, they don't really tell much about it. No. Um, but just that he, you know, they got married. She spent some time traveling abroad and then met him and then they got married and then he died. That's like pretty much all you learn. And you're like, okay, well, I'm not <laughs> sure about that, but, uh, so then you're moving on. Is this where you start learning about her brother's deaths, right? Um, Edie's brothers or Edith's yeah. brothers. Yeah. Yeah. This is where you learn about Milton and Lewis now. Yeah. So Milton is first, right? Yep. So Milton is her youngest brother. I mean, she's the youngest, but her her Milton was her her um, I guess her youngest oldest brother. Youngest oldest brother, yeah. And he goes missing, right? I mean, that's I don't even know if they ever actually confirmed that he died or not. If he just got the hell away from the house and from the weird Finchness, yeah, because they never really had closure on that from what I played. And granted, I beat the game, but maybe I missed something somewhere in there. But like, there were still the missing posters that were floating inside of the ponds yes. outside. Yes. And he was very artistic, and that he just went missing. Yeah. And uh, there was an interview. I just, I just, I was reading a little bit about this after after I played the game with um, Ian Dallas, and he talks about how there is a connection to Milton's death with the unfinished Swan. Um, so really. You know, yeah, I don't want to go back and play that. That he is the king, I guess, in that game. Um, or there's he's the one that's making all the pictures in the unfinished one. Yeah. This so, is me literally writing a note. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe we should pick that for our next game. Do you have that game? No, I don't. But I'll gladly pick that up, especially if it connects to this. Yeah, I don't know. So um, maybe that's that's a that's a consideration, um, but. Yeah, it's it's weird. He makes mention that it's part of the canon that that's their connect. There's a connection there, so really? yeah. So uh, it makes me. I, I do have that game. I want to go back. I want to go out and play. I haven't played it yet, but I, I do want to try it now. Well, in the way that he kind of the way that they tell the story is he just kind of painted himself painted himself literally out of the picture. Yeah. Like, through the story of the flip book. Like, he doesn't die. He just kind of, like, finds magic paintbrush, draws himself out, and he's gone. And yeah. he's gone. So it just makes it seem like maybe he just ran away and vanished from the family, and that's that's what there was for Milton. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, So maybe, yeah, well, to try that, well, to at least explore that game, I think, to, to yeah, see if what I, that kind of action. Then the next one is Lewis's death, so that's her oldest brother. This and may have been my favorite. Yeah, that was a weird, right? So he's working at a at a at a canning factory where they're they're cutting up salmon, and it was so interesting. Uh, he's you know he creates this whole world in his mind, and and as as the story goes on, it's like almost like a, a top down view of like him you controlling this character through like this story. Yeah, and, and you're still chopping kind of the e fish. And it kind of evolved graphically the entire time yeah. as well. Like it went from being like a 2D Zelda style game to a Diablo esque isometric yes. view. And you're decapitating fish and throwing them in the entire time. <laughs> yes. So like your two thumbs are doing two completely independent things of one yes. another yes. while telling the story. 
Yes. Wasn't that strange? Wasn't that kind of a cool way to play I that game, though, too? It. Yeah. I, I was just like, wow, this is so, like, <laughs> at first I had a hard time with it, but then after a while I was able to do it. And uh, But you stopped paying attention to what your right hand was doing, and you're only paying attention to what your left was doing. At least my, my perspective was. Oh, most definitely. Like, your right hand just kind of kept doing its own thing, which is kind of the – I would imagine I've never worked in a factory, but it's got to be the same tedious mindset that these factory workers go through on a daily basis. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, As and their then... mind drifts and take them off to be a foreign land yes. king and prince yes. and – all this yes. royalty. Meanwhile, they're actually just decapitating salmon and trying to feed people. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and and the crazy. So, what was cool about that was that you get to choose kind of like how the story got played out. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you could choose either that a prince or a princess was, you know, what he was. I don't know, allured to a right or something like that. So. Roger, I've never asked this to another person before, but which way did you swing on that? <laughs> I I wanted to go the prince way because I wanted to see what would have happened, but I ended up going, my the boat uh I I didn't control it fast enough and it went to the right and I was like, damn it! This sounds like a Carrington Diva Wall story to me. <laughs> <laughs> which way did you swing on this one? I went to the princess as well. Yeah, but she was I, a handsome princess, so it kind of maybe conflicted princess. with how I felt about it. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and what I liked about that though was that could have been uh, not only that he was so upset about Milton's death, but also that he didn't know about his own sexuality, right? Yeah, that's what I got out of that too. Just like, which way do I go? Because he's not going for like the beautiful princess; he's going for the handsome princess. Yeah, yeah. Which to um, me says that like he was contemplating which way he was swinging. Yeah, and that was really powerful, mm-hmm. uh, I thought. Uh, and then, uh, so you learn about his death, and then the last death you learn about was is Dawn's. Um, well, I guess not the last death, but you do learn about Dawn's death, yep. and she dies. Uh, oh, she well after after Lewis's death, then they pack up. Then they're like, "We're out of here," right? <laughs> like, or which least... is where Edith also gets the hint of yes. that there's weird shit going on around here. Yes. Edie had written her the storybook, which then she, Edith and her mom got in a fight, and the book ripped in half, and she never got to read the entire thing, so. Yeah. Yeah, and and there again, and they, and they leave, and they leave uh, Edie behind. I stared at her the entire time we drove away. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and you never hear what happens to her. She just nope. disappears, which she kind of, it's almost like, she was part of the house again and she was like you know part of the myth of that house right and mm-hmm. if you're gone from that house and the the myth the stories the legends behind it are gone so is Edie because the van was coming in the morning but when the van came Edie was not to be found yeah that was so bizarre uh, my, my thought is that she walked into the ocean and, and died but that's my guess too which we did get to walk into the ocean at one point too oh that's to right go to the old house I think that was during that entire part that was actually during and they were discussing Edie. Yes, that's right. This was the right. first time, it was the lowest tide in 150 years or whatever, and then she got lost and turned around and actually got yeah. into the old house. And Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then you do learn about Dawn's death, and it's, it's like probably cancer, I'm guessing. That was she, my guess, too. She got cancer, and um, she, I mean, for a finch, she lived a pretty long time, too. She had 68 to 2016. Um. It's and a then, run for a finch. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, and then she, I don't know if she makes amends or she, maybe at death she realizes that uh, you know th- these stories do have meaning or do have power or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she she encourages Edith to go back, and that's at one point. And I forgot to mention this. At one point, when you're exploring the house, you find out that Edith is pregnant. Yep. Yeah, she mentions that when she's climbing up the tree yeah. to get into that second kind of story. is like, if I would have known there was, was going to be so much climbing, I would have done this 22 weeks pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, she is telling the story, and like you get the sense that something else is happening as she's telling the story, the last part of the story. And it's like, well, it's the birth of a child, right? Yep. And the child's born, and the last scene is the beginning scene where they're sitting there with the with the uh, journal, and it said, "Well, you know, I wish I could tell you these stories in person, but if you're reading this right now, obviously, you know what happened, and I'm no longer here, and I needed these stories stories to carry on." I mean, that was like the whole important thing for 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 Edith was that these stories carried on, and yep. um. And when she was able to retell these stories, then, like, death came to her, I guess. That's weird. I went with she died during childbirth. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I think that, if she, I don't know, like, one could argue if she wouldn't have told those stories, would they have? And she even said, she said, part of me felt like these di- stories should have just died with me, right? Right. But, but if she wouldn't have told these stories, would she have died? You know, I don't know. Maybe the Finch curse wouldn't have caught her. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Like, this game was something else. Yeah. And then the last scene is, is, uh, is her son putting the flowers on her grave. And then you're thinking, now he's by himself because she died when she was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're thinking, what's going to happen to this boy? Like, yep. does he carry on the, the Finch curse? I don't know. But I will say that I was very depressed after playing <laughs> this game. I was depressed and enamored at the same time. Yeah. Uh, like, that storytelling was so fantastic. It was. It was really, and really, really good. The music and the atmosphere and the change of everything just hit all the right notes that just kind of made me go, I got to keep playing this. I got to keep playing this. Yeah. And that's one thing I will say to anybody that, that's interested in playing this is you, you should play it uh in one sitting i don't think you should play it in because no. we we talked about separating this into two different you know segments but i'm glad that we both played it through in one sit sit down because it i certainly don't even know where it. i would have stopped yeah i don't like, either there was no point that i would have been like all right i'm at a good point to pause and i'll pick this back up again tomorrow yeah yeah i agree i i just felt like there was nothing that i could just be like mm, okay this is a good this is a good halfway mark Mm-hmm. And 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 the and the thing that I loved about it was that the story just kept driving me more and more. And it's like, okay, what what happened now? What happened now? And mm-hmm. and as you got through, I mean, I kind of got the sense that Edith was gonna die. Um, <laughs> yeah, as soon as it kind of went into that that final sequence, I was just like, oh, yeah, this isn't yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. Carrington, did we? Uh, is there anything that we missed <laughs> that you thought of? Oh, yeah, Carrington's here. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah I'm here. Uh, the only thing I think of was that the uh, you guys mentioned music and things like that, but I also thought the voice acting. Oh was yeah, fantastic, phenomenal. Yeah, it is for each and every character. 
and for Edith Finch as well. Uh, everyone was on point. Yeah, I I will I'll plug your show, Carrington, because you guys did uh, interview. Uh, what was her name? Valerie Rose is right. Valerie Rose Loman. Yeah, we yeah. interviewed her. She's the voice of Edith Finch. Yeah, and it was a it was a good time interviewing her. And uh, I would, if you haven't listened to it, if you're listening to this, uh, I would definitely check it out. Uh, she goes into how she got the job and her experience uh, going through that. And this was before Edith Finch won the BAFTA. Uh, I believe it was for Best yeah. Story. Um, so um, it was it was really cool to, to talk to both Ian Dallas and, and Valerie uh, about Edith Finch. Yeah. So go check out the Real Dudes podcast. Uh, if you haven't done so as a supplementary to this podcast, because it really was uh, fascinating to hear uh, both uh, Ian Dallas's, sto- uh, you know, take on the music in, in, the, in the story and then also hearing uh, 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 Valerie's take on, on being Edith Finch. So that was really great. I went into work today for a manager meeting and there's a couple of guys that I work with that play video games. And like, I just started asking, you guys ever played What Remains of Edith Finch? What's that? I'm like, just go home, buy it, check it out. It's well worth your time. It's a good story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I I highly recommend this game. And right now, I think like you can get it cheap too. I got it for like $20. So it's like not real expensive. No, it's not bad at all. I think I got it on sale probably six months to a year ago. And I again bought it and camped on it, which is why we're doing the show, Roger. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, all right. Well, then with that, let's uh, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to do our second half of the show. And the second half of the show, I, I guess we should set that up before we go into the second half of the show because nobody will get it until we set it up. <laughs> nah, let's just do it and make it break to try to figure out what in the hell is going on. Uh, but so Phil and I, uh, so this is going to be a biweekly show. And then during that time, we are challenging each other to a game. So... Uh, the next segment is going to be our trash talking gamers segment. Uh, so enjoy this next segment. It's going to be uh, funny. It's, <laughs> it's going to be something. It's going to be something. Hopefully, Plus we funny. got Carrington still with us. That's right. That's hey, right. Hey, hey. And if Carrington doesn't put butts in seats, nothing puts butts in seats. <laughs> That's right. All right. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Welcome one, welcome all to the biggest, best event between Phil Board Now 23 Hoff. Phil, how are you feeling right now? You're going up against Roger Rogue Leader 76 Reinhardt or Reichardt and the best of seven in Super Dodgeball. Are you ready? I am completely ready for this matchup. Roger's been talking a lot of trash in my direction for the last few weeks. I feel as though I can shut him and his dodgeball ways down. I'm gonna have him like he was trapped inside of a closet with Ron Jeremy he'll be dodging so many balls that I'm throwing at him he won't even know what to do him and his entire squad are going down B now those are some pretty strong words how are you gonna back that up with your famous amazing skills in this fantastic fast-paced game I'm gonna be slinging him hard and fast his feet won't be able to move quick enough to jump over and around what I'm throwing at him now, what are your words to Rogue Leader 76, a.k.a. Roger, if you were to face him right now, toe-to-toe? Rogue Leader 76 slash Roger, I'm going to knock the glasses off your face, the scarf off your neck, the hat off your head. 
you've got no chance of surviving the onslaught that's going to be coming at you with me and my crew behind me. We're going to beat you up like it was grade school and you're just a pencil neck dweeb. All right, now, Phil, now what makes your crew so much better than the other one? A lot of training, a lot of steroids. Wait, not steroids. We don't do that stuff. That's illegal. A lot of training, a lot of ball slinging, and a lot of hand-eye coordination goes behind these guys. So what have you been studying to prepare yourself for this upcoming match that seems to be the biggest, best, baddest uh, match of history in Super <laughs> Dodgeball? I uh, watch the classic film Dodgeball repeatedly. I fall asleep to it at night. I've got the soundtrack memorized. I know every word to the entire thing. We have got this. Now that is what I'm talking about. Now that is a true competitor, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot wait to see Phil go up against Rogue Leader 76, a.k.a. Roger. Now, let's go into Roger's point of view. We'll see you at the gym. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with the Roger Rogue Leader 76, Reichardt. Roger, how are you doing today? Well, let me tell you something. I am ready for this challenge. Now, as I understand it, your opponent is the Phil Bordenow 23 Hoff. How do you feel going up against him in the biggest, baddest game on the NES being Super Dodgeball? So let me say this. Phil the chef, you like to cook? Well, I'm going to make mincemeat out of you in Super Dodgeball. I'm going to stuff the ball down your throat like a Thanksgiving turkey. All these years of training and practicing for this moment. And when the dust settles... When the final whistle blows, and when all is said and done, there'll be one man standing with the ball raised in the air, singing a cheap off-key rendition of We Are the Champions. And that person will be me. Well, you heard it here, folks. Those are the strongest words coming from Roger. Now, as I understand it, this is the World Series, as in best of seven game. How are you going to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe, ball-to-ball, up against Phil, the chef, cooking up his famous recipes. First of all, maybe you weren't listening to me, Carrington. Let me explain this again. Years of training and hard work. I'm going to end this so fast that he won't even know what hit him. Do you expect Phil, the chef, to come up with any curveballs or, so to speak, some secret recipes that he might cook up behind the scenes? Whatever he comes up with, it's going to be side dishes to the main course that I'm going to deliver down his throat. And you make word of that right now, Carrington. Write that down, because that should be on a t-shirt. I'm writing all my, I'm making t-shirts right now. They're being printed out as we speak. Now, Phil the Chef himself has brought out some very strong words and strategies. What is your strategy, Roger, a.k.a. Rogue Leader 76, to go up against Phil the Chef? Listen, I don't talk, all right? I just do. And if he's all talk, well then, I hope he enjoyed the words, because he's going to be eating them. Phil the chef, get ready, because I'm coming for you. Well, you heard it here, folks, from very, very strong words from Roger, a.k.a. Rogue Leader 76 himself. Tune in next time to see the big match that we are building up, the biggest epic match of Super Dodgeball on the NES Best of 7. This will be a classic match. You don't want to miss it. Tune in because we will crown one winner. And who will it be? Phil the Chef or Rogue Leader 76?